Recollections may be our highest recompense, to live one moment a score of times. For me, having now become an elder of the road, these risings of memory from a specific topography can almost lead me to believe all previous miles have gone to create some single moment, and then I can see how meaning begins in and proceeds from memory. Back-seated children, able to find only boredom beyond car windows, if they're looking out, are nevertheless laying a foundation for meaning to arise one day when they'll need significance far more than experience. My occasional stories to cue, which some particular landscape happens to evoke, serve to pass a stretch of slow miles as the tales also fortify my memory. I think she doesn't mind my rambles now and then, perhaps because in a previous administration, an earlier marriage, she once crossed the length of Kansas in silence, unless you deem as conversation that quondam husband's we-gotta-stop-for-gas. Q is my wife, Joanne, a moniker for which she's never felt much kinship. In fact, with nomenclature, she's not been lucky, even in her church. When it came time for confirmation, her elder sister convinced six-year-old Joanne every female saint's name was taken except one, Dorothy. That name, linked to the pluck of the Wizard of Oz heroine she admired, contributed to her deciding she possessed the power to fly, if her belief was firm enough. She straddled a kitchen broom, her toy cat strapped to the bristles, and from the top of the basement stairs, leapt. She broke no bones, and if you consider falling in a slightly horizontal pattern to be flight, she flew. But she no longer trusted in half-reasoned faith. But as Joanne grew up to become Jan, her tomboyishness would have made Joe not inaccurate, she learned to speak Spanish and visited Mexico, and found herself intrigued by a Yucatan place name taken from a Mexican revolutionary hero, all the better that he was male, Quintana Roo. Quintana Roo, the state, not the man, is the territory of the Quetzal, the plumed serpent sacred to the indigenous Maya, especially to the Quiche, and perhaps the most stunning bird in the western hemisphere north of the equator. To her, it's a creature of fascination. Not long after our meeting, she told me about her delight in things beginning with the letter Q, a revelation at a restaurant supper one night that struck a note within me, someone who has always loved the seventeenth letter for its rarity, a mere seven pages in my desk dictionary, while neighbor P gets 120. I like to think sinuous Q, only O has a more purely geometric form makes up for its paucity in entries by its peculiarities of meanings, by its pictographic capital shape, a serpent curling out of its den, a tethered balloon floating away, a hatchling with one foot out of the egg, and by its unbreakable bond with its beloved you. Of greater import are those quirky words we'd not have without Q. Quark, quack, quadrillion, quantum, quidnunc, quites, quench, quizzling, quilt, quipster, quince, quincunx, and that most universal non-word on the planet, qwerty.
And should I not mention that recondite Christian holy day, Quinquagesima, Shrove Sunday? Is there another letter with such a high percentage of words both jolly and curious, so many having to do with quests and questions and quintessences? Is it not a letter of signal curiousness? How could a fellow of the quill not love the letter Q? How could a defender of the underdog not love a letter that's the least used on a keyboard, the one that never takes on fingershine? Nonetheless, Q, alphabetically superfluous, has tricks. For the tongue, there's quick and quiche. For meaning, there's queer and queen. And there's quell, put down, and quell, well up. And to enhance its mystery, Q has a dark side, words to give you qualms. Queasy, quagmire, quarantine, quarrel, quibble.